And it's a free clinic today on Mind Matter. So we got Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and Training here to answer all your questions on mental health issues. So good, uh, morning, good morning, doctor. Yeah. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. So are you ready to answer some pretty tough questions? I hope so. All I right. So, let, hope so let's get straight to the first one. Judas on the line. Okay. Um. Basically, I'm I have suffering from malaspergus. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, which make me like no confidence in all those. So what would you like Dr. Joel to... How would you like him to help? What are the steps to... Like, instead of... Because I know there's no cure for Asperger's, but like any steps to like, improve the confidence and also to... Uh, don't think about it, but you know, ways to improve. We also received a text message from Diana. This is related to Asperger as well. She would like to know where can a diagnosis be done for ASD? And also, is is there a support group for Asperger's here in Malaysia? And what support do they offer? So, Dr. Joel, I suppose yep. let's just get straight to it first. Like, what is Asperger? So, Asperger's is a developmental disorder, right? And it's something that it's inbuilt, right? So, it's not something that you can catch or you, it's not like you can't get it from someone else. Like, it's right. something that you're born with, right? Um, um, usually it's diagnosed quite young so usually by the age of like 5, 6, 7 when you start doing uh, school going age right that's when you start getting diagnosed with ASD like aut- autism spectrum disorder so autism spectrum disorder is the main overarching umbrella of uh, that the whole disorder family like, I suppose right Asperger's is on the lower end autism is on the higher end right so with Asperger's and autism ASD in general basically what it is is it's a pervasive uh, inability to socialise with people uh, right so what happens is that uh, the one of the more common traits of people with ASD is that they can't keep eye contact for example they can't really communicate with people they're very fixated uh, interests right so let's say for um, very classical ones like dinosaurs or cars or trucks right so someone in Asperger's or uh, someone on the spectrum right they would be very preoccupied with something to a point where they become like super experts on it right so to answer Diana's question I think to get diagnosed you definitely need to see a clinical psychologist usually uh, in Malaysia especially right a clinical psychologist is the one who's going to do the assessments and these assessments usually they give you a battery of tests right so one of the things they want to rule out is um, low IQ right because that could also explain some of the symptoms that's going on so you have to do an IQ test, then okay. they'll give you a little questionnaires for, for the parents, for the teachers, for the caregivers, and sometimes if the child is old enough, also for the child as well, so depending on how old the child is, right? Right. So after that's all done, it'll take about 3-4 so hours, like, I think, to do everything, right? And then a report will be generated, and then that's when we'll know whether it's autism or not, right? Or Asperger's in this case. As for the support groups, uh, not anything formal that I know of, but I think there are very big communities where there are a lot of uh, people with Asperger's banded together, right? NASOM is a really good example of that. So NASOM is a national Autism Society of Malaysia if I'm not mistaken okay. Right, okay. Right? Okay. right So they have a lot of good centres scattered around Malaysia <clears throat> they do assessments and they also have classes to teach social skills and all that la. Okay So going back to the initial caller who's Judah, asking, yeah. Yeah, Judah right, who's asking about how do I uh, overcome this in that sense right? uh, Judah's right Asperger's is something that you can grow out of it's something that you have You live right? with And you, you cannot with. cure it yeah, yeah you can't cure it but the best thing we can do is to manage it la, right? So given um, his uh, diagnosis for mild Asperger's and the way he's communicating as well I think it's actually pretty good I think right, it's not yeah. too uh, bad line in that sense, right? So what he can do is to go for social skills classes, right? Just to learn some tips and tricks on how to socialize with people. I think for many of us without Asperger's, we take a lot of uh, social uh, communication skills and styles for, for granted. granted yeah, yeah, we don't realize it. Like maintaining eye contact but not staring for too long, like moving, shifting um, our gaze and all that kind of things. These are all things that people with Asperger's need to learn from the ground up. So at what age normally do children get diagnosed? So parents will start noticing differences by the age of 4 or 5 when the kid starts 
communicating or socialising with other kids, right? But typically, once they get into formal education, kindergarten, right, that's when you really start noticing, okay, this child is um, uh, behaving a bit different from the others, uh, other children, for example. They might have very repetitive play, mm-hmm. right? Like from one another significant trait of people with autism is that, let's say they have a toy car, right? Mm-hmm. They only play, they flip the car upside down and they only play one time, the whole time. Very interesting. So we're still with Dr. Joel Lowe on Mind Matters. Hopefully that answers your question, Diana and uh, Judah. Ju- Judah. Judah as well. So give us a call at 039543 or WhatsApp us a voice note on our DigiLight line 016-510-8888 to ask a good doctor any questions you might have on mental health issues. Right now, here's Nelly Furtado. I'm like a bird on light. It's the Mind Matters free clinic today and we've got Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist in the studio with us to answer all your mental health questions. If you have any, you can give us a call right now or even send us a message. We received a voice note from Rosa. Good morning, I'm Rosa. I just want to chat regarding my son who is actually diagnosed with ADHD. So he just started the medication. The thing is, he's having sweaty palms. Is it related to this ADHD or how can I overcome it? Because it's making it, uh, making him very uncomfortable because he's sweating most of the time, especially when he's in school and etc. How can I, what can I do about it? So, doctor, hmm. sweaty palms and ADHD. Yeah, uh, not typically related, right? Um, it could be a side effect of the medication, right? The thing about psychotropic medication is that it has lots of funky side effects. We mm-hmm. just really can't predict what's going to happen. Uh, even though it's listed on the box, you might get some of them, you might get all of them, you might get none of them, you might get something else different, right? So it's possible that it's uh, the side effect of the medication. If that's the case, then I would encourage you to go back to the psychiatrist that prescribed you with the medicine okay. to check and see. And if it is, then we can um, manage the doses a little bit, uh. It could also be due, due to anxiety as well, right? Because now that I've been diagnosed with ADHD, for example, now I've got a label over, over my head, so I'm getting really nervous and anxious about it. So if that's the case, then we need to work on that a little bit, you know? And some deep breathing exercises, for example, relaxation exercises, will do wonders for him. I think yeah, because be I think most people, I mean, either, like in my case, when it gets really, really hot or if I'm nervous, then yeah, I do, my palms get a bit sweaty and everything, but I don't think it's ADHD related. It's probably not, but again, we don't know the severity of the sweating, right? Because some people, when they do have sweaty palms, like as a, as a problem right you could, they could they can't hold tissues right they drench it through right wow, right? wow yeah. okay so it can be quite bad la. but again we don't know what's the severity so we need to check it out and see yes. very fascinating we're still with Dr. Joel Lowe on Mind Matters give us a call right now 0395432333 or WhatsApp us a voice note on our DigiLight line 0165108888 to ask a good doctor any questions you might have on mental health issues we'll be back with more after Bad English when I see you smile on light and it's the free clinic today so we've got Dr. Joel Lowe clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and training with us to answer all your questions. Now, we received a text message from someone who wanted to remain anonymous and here's what she said. I don't have motivation and I started to binge eat to fill up the emptiness. I'm pretty emotionless towards everything and I started crying without reason and it has been about two to three months. Okay. I think given what you've described, right, those are symptoms that we typically um, associate with depression. So the fact that you've been very numb, you don't feel any emotions, you've been crying for no reason, right, and the eating non-stop, uh, that kind of thing, that's usually something someone with depression would experience all of those kind of things, that, right? So I would really recommend or encourage you to go speak to someone, right, either a counsellor or a clinical psychologist or even a good friend for now and just to talk things out and see what's going on through your mind. Right? Mm. I'm, I'm sure there's something going on, right, or, or something weighing heavily on your shoulders. So talk it out a little bit and see how that goes. 
So um, I think the sooner you get to see someone, the better. I feel like it's a uh, depression. It's not yep. something that you're born with. Sometimes yep. at any point in your life, yep. a big transition or a change yep. in your life can actually cause depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I think any one of us can be at uh, risk of depression, right? Malaysian stats tell us that one in four people are depressed. So there's three of us here. If there's one more person here, there's one of us going to be yeah. depressed, right? And it's and it's not a discriminatory kind of disorder. Anyone can get it, right? And it's not like you're going to get it forever sometimes, right? You can get it for one period of your life, like what Bell said. And after that, you'll be okay after that. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just, I'm, I fall down. I get to pick myself up again. Yeah. And I should be okay. Yeah. But the worst thing is when people say, just be happy lah. That doesn't <laughs> really work. Yeah. It's like that, uh, that saying goes, right? If you break your hands, it's like telling someone, just make your hand better lah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work it that doesn't way. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes right. we do need help lah. Yeah. Exactly. Hopefully that answers your question. Anonymous. Now we're still with Dr. Joel Lowe on Mind Matters. Give us a call at 03-9543-3333 or WhatsApp us a voice note on our DigiLite line 016-510-8888. I uh, can ask a doctor any question you might have on mental health issues. Right now, here's Alicia Keys, Girl on Fire, on Light. And we're back on the free clinic today on Mind Matters, where Dr. Joel Lowe, consultant psychologist, will answer all your questions on mental health issues. We received a voice note from Kit. How do you cope with work anxiety even though if you're not working? You're just at home, but you're constantly thinking about work and worrying about work. Sounds like he's just very stressed out. Just stop working, right? Just quit, is just it, quit. JD? That's your advice? No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your advice, Dr. Joel? I think this is one of those fundamental problems that a lot of us have nowadays, right? People talk about work-life balance and all that, and I think that's not very feasible, right? Balancing means there is an equal opportunity both for work and also your personal life, but we know that's not true. We've yeah. got handphones, we've got emails and things like that. It just doesn't happen on both ways, both from work to home and home to work, right? I think, buddy, kid, uh, what you're going through is actually something a lot of people do encounter, and I think because we spend so much time at work anyways, right? Most of us spend, what, between 8 and 12 hours at work. Yeah. It's such an integral part of our life. It's not uncommon that you bring it back home with you like, in that sense, right? I I think what's important for you is to find different ways to keep yourself uh, busy when you're at home, right? So it's either like interacting with family members or going out with friends, for example, or just keeping yourself engaged. Lah. I think as long as you have something to look forward to after work, that's the key thing that we're looking for, right? So you can be as simple as having a favorite TV show or, f- or cooking a meal, for example, or something as crazy as like rock climbing or bungee jumping. Right? Okay. Something like that. As long as you have something to look forward to, that will keep your mind away from work. So the more idle your, your mind is, the more likely you're going to like pander back to work, think about work, what's going to happen next day and all that kind of things, right? Who do that for yourself, I think you get some relief from that. Isn't it true though that some people, I'm, I'm just pulling this out from anywhere, right? But I just think that people who are very high performing mm. people in an organization, they want to constantly do better and yep. it, they put their pressure on themselves. Yeah, yeah, that can happen as well. But I think if that's the case, then thinking about work is pleasurable. It's good for them, right? It keeps them motivated. Right. right? In Kit's case, it sounds like you're getting very anxious about it, right? So maybe that's why you need to take a step back and give yourself a bit of time. And also, it's good to remember also that with this kind of work pressures, it comes in waves sometimes, right? Mm. So so there are going to be good months there are going to be bad months and yep. sometimes it's going to be harder than unusual if it's hard take some time off right uh, get yourself reset and back to square one again and then after that you're raring fit and ready to go hopefully that answers your question Kit uh, we're still here with Dr. Joel Lowe consultant psychologist answering all your questions on mental health issues if you have one question call us at 03 or send us a whatsapp message or voice note on our digi light line 016 we'll be back with more from the good doctor after Kenny Loggins Footloose on light and we have Dr. Joel Lowe, consultant psychologist here in the studio for Mind Matters. It's the free clinic. He's answering all your questions that you might have on mental health issues. Gayatri, what's your question? Uh, doctor, I just want to know if men suffer from postpartum depression because my husband doesn't seem to connect with my baby at all. 
I've never heard of that before. Does it happen to men? Yeah, it does. Um, and I think it's because there's a lot of changes that happens, right? You know, having a new baby is a game changer, right? You, your, your sleep is disrupted. Your responsibilities are disrupted. Even your own image of yourself is disrupted because you're not just the guy anymore mm. who's married. You're a dad, right? Now. Lots more responsibilities, a lot more weight in your shoulders, right? And also sometimes in very rare instances, the men's physiology also kind of like syncs up with the woman's, right? So when they give birth, they go through physical changes as well. Sometimes, uh, rarely so, but they do do that. So I think actually what your wife, husband is going through is quite common as well, right? And the fact they can't connect with your child is is a con- is concerning, right? But I think it's not uh, alarming just yet, lah. I think it's good that you picked it up already. I think the best thing is for you to have a conversation with him to start off with and see what, how are things going, um, what he's doing, coping okay or not, right? And if he's not, then you know start hooking him up with things that can help him out, right? Maybe like get him a, a night out for with a friend, for example, or, or just do something that he likes just to get him a reset button sort of kind of thing. Yeah, but for men, it's very hard for them to admit mm. if uh, something. Is wrong with yeah. them, right? Yeah. Even yeah. to their wives sometimes. Yeah, you're right. I think it's the whole male ego thing, right? Um, and it's hard for most males to stand up and say, "Look, I've got a problem. I've got an issue." One good outlet for that is for you, for the wife to, for you, Gayatri, to just approach him and ask him, right? So sometimes having that opportunity to not admit but to be asked about it is a good window right. of opportunity to let them talk about what they're going through, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it, or if he doesn't want to open up to you, and if you know your husband as a best friend or someone is really close to, go that way instead, right? To get that person to just check in with him and see how things are going. Yeah, because sometimes you don't want him to feel like he's being attacked. Yes, correct, correct. So you can be really gentle about it, and then you, um, you know, if you can't read yourself, that's fine. Don't go somewhere, go another route line that sense. What if it gets worse mm. and he closes up? Climbs up How yeah. do we get him to see a professional? That's always a really hard question to answer, right? Because I've got this saying I tell uh, tell people, right? You can bring the cow to the river, you can't force the cow to drink the water. True. Right? Yeah. So oftentimes in this in these situations, I tell people to give them as many options as you can. Like these are the resources available. These are the people you can call when you're ready go and give them a call if you want I can support you I come with you and that's about the extent you can do la. the last thing you want is to force them into a room and they're just going to stare at the psychologist for an hour and then yeah. the psychologist mm. stare back defeats a, a purpose correct you. correct you waste time you waste money no point la. interesting mm-hmm. hopefully that answers your question Gayatri and thank you so much Dr. Joel Lowe consultant psychologist and also director of the Mind Psychological Services and Training this has been very very enlightening no worries thanks for having me guys